Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. Hey, uh, it means so much to me that all of you jump on board the podcast, that you're developing your leadership skills and wanting to just add to your leadership uh, reservoir. And so thank you so much for doing that. If I can encourage you on one thing, it is that leadership always requires the ultimate act of giving. And one of the ways that you can enhance your team and one of the ways you can enhance other leaders is if you're benefiting from the podcast is to let other people know about the podcast. So if you could do me a favor of going out of your way, letting someone know about the podcast, I would appreciate it. Hey, want to remind you that October 21st and 22nd, we are doing our uh, pastor's conference here in Plano, Texas. Uh, We no longer are taking registrations online, but we have partial registrations that are available at the door, and so you'll be able to get in at that point, but we would love to have you. And then on November 2nd, I'm going to be with a dear friend, uh, Don Duncan, who is pastoring in New Braunfels, Texas, and we're going to be doing a... um, day on uh, church development, just uh, thoughts about how do you develop a church, and it's going to be just a a great day. You can go to my website, and you can sign up there uh, and be a part of that particular meeting on November 2nd. Hey, also, if I could uh, put this into you, my new leadership curriculum has come out. This leadership curriculum is something that's been requested. We have it in Spanish and we have it in English. And what it is, is it's 17 lessons on leadership. Literally, you take this manual and you go one week, you go the second week, or you go one month and you go the second month. And what it's going to do is take you through a series of lessons that as you teach them to people, it will develop leadership in your teams. This costs $20. You can go online to Gerald Brooks Ministries and you can purchase it there. But it's 17 lessons all written out, all prepared for you. All you've got to do is stand up and make the presentation. You'll find it so helpful in your leadership development. Today, I want to talk to you about leadership timing. Leadership timing. One of the challenges of leadership is the fact that leadership just just isn't abstract. It's not ethereal. It penetrates this natural world, and because it penetrates this natural world, we deal with the timing issues of when we want things done, when other people want things done, when... Um, the organization seems to emphasize things need to be done. But what do you do as a leader when the timing just doesn't seem to fit? When what you're doing doesn't seem to match up, you went in with this great idea, this is what we're going to do, this is when we're going to do it, and everyone was on the same page except God. God's timing was not your timing. Now, if you've led for any length of time in spiritual circles, then you face that reality. What do you do when God's timing isn't your timing? So I want to walk you through just leadership timing. I just want to walk you through the concept of 
looking back over 44 years and saying, hey, these are the things about the clock that I've had to learn. These are the things about the calendar I've had to understand. The, when my best plans and my best prayers have been prayed, there's still timing issues that come into play. And what if those timing issues don't match up? What if they don't correspond to what I've written down on paper? How do I lead during the timing being different than what I've been Anticipated. Now, what I'm going to do is a simple uh, presentation, and the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to take the word timing, and I'm going to give you a word that is important for each one of the letters. So let's start this way. The T and timing stands for trust. The T and timing stands for trust. It's interesting that in the New Testament, you have in Romans chapter 1, I believe it's verse 17, it says, the just shall live by faith. You have in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 11, the just shall live by faith. You have in Hebrews chapter 10, I believe in verse 38, and the just shall live by faith. Well, what we all know is that those are quotes from Habakkuk chapter 2. In Habakkuk chapter 2, it talks about how the just shall live by faith. Each time that phrase is mentioned in the New Testament, it is mentioned in a different context. So when we talk about in Romans chapter 1 and verse uh, 17, uh, the just shall live by faith, it is emphasizing the just part of it. When we go over to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 11, and it says the just shall live by faith, we're emphasizing the faith part of it. But when you come over to Hebrews chapter 10 and you read the context, the emphasis is on the live part of it. But what's interesting in Hebrews chapter 10, it's the only place that they quote verse 3. It's the only place that the preceding verse of the just shall live by faith and Habakkuk chapter 2, that the preceding verse is quoted. Now, here's what's interesting to me. Because the preceding verse says this, but what if the Lord tarries? What if the God's not in a hurry? What if God isn't pushing the agenda at the speed that you're pushing the agenda by? What if God doesn't seem to be engaged at the pace you're engaged in? What if what people want to happen doesn't happen when they want it to happen. See, Hebrews is talking about live. And when you live, here's one of the things you realize. There are things that you want to happen at a certain time that don't happen at a certain time. And what the writer of Hebrews is saying is, can you have faith? Can you keep trusting God when his timing doesn't match your timing? Can you still trust God when his timing doesn't match your timing? See, if all of us look at faith against a particular time, we all have a reason to throw up our hands and said faith doesn't work. But the writer of Hebrews is saying this, if you look at faith over a lifetime, you will find that God was faithful to you. If you look at faith in a moment, 
you may be disappointed. But if you look at it over a lifetime, you will find out that God is a faithful God. Now, that being said, from a leadership mode and in a leadership model, you have to realize that sometimes God is not in a hurry. And when God's not in a hurry, you can't be in a hurry. In fact, previously in the Bible, it says, he that believes will not make haste. Throughout the Bible, it tells us to slow down. Very seldom does it ever tell us to speed up. There's a couple of places, but the majority of everything in the Bible is about, hey, just slow down a little bit. Why? Because God is not in a hurry. In fact, the test of time is one of the tests every leader is going to have to pass. Can you lead against the test of time? When the timing doesn't match your plan, can you keep leading? And so here's what you know. You have to trust God. And trusting God means this. God knows best. Trust that he knows best. Rely on the fact that he knows best. And understand that what he knows that's best is going to be best for you. I use the story. It was a little boy who wanted a baseball glove. The father took him to a store, but because of the size of his hand, there just weren't many gloves that would fit his hand. But there was one store where he walked into and this little boy saw a glove that fit him and he wanted it. And he wanted it real badly, but the dad said no. Well, when the dad said no, the boy threw a fit. The dad just looked at the boy. He said, we're not getting that one walked out of the store. The boy, moping, followed him. They then went to another store, and there was another glove, and it fit his hand. The dad said, this is the one that we're going to get. The dad looked at the little boy, and he said, here's the reason we didn't get the other one. The other one wasn't a good glove. It was poorly made. Even though it fit your hand, it would not have lasted. We wanted to get a glove that lasted. One of the things that we have to understand is that God not only ordains that we bear fruit, but that our fruit remain. God's interested in the long term, not the short term. He's interested in tomorrow, not just today. And as a leader, you always have to keep in focus the trust factor. Trust that God knows best. The I in timing stands for integrity. Integrity is one of those words that uh, is used a whole lot. Integris. It was used of the Roman Empire where they would literally take their hand and take their fist and they would put it against their breastplate. And they would utter that word, integrity, integris. But see, what they were referring to was completion, something that was complete. The thing about the Roman soldier's outfit was that it was heavy. And because it was heavy, a lot of them didn't want to wear it. And because a lot of them didn't want to wear it, 
sometimes they'd leave off their hat or they'd leave off the backpack or they'd leave off the breastplate. And what it meant was something was incomplete. When you're going to lead, you lead with integrity. And what that means is, is that you don't cut corners. You, you don't let your values slip because time seems to be passing. And see, when the clock's not on our side, what happens is this. We end up putting ourselves in a position where if we're not careful, we'll cut a corner. And the cutting the corner will come back to haunt us. And when you lead as a leader, you always have to maintain integrity. You always have to have an integrity-filled heart. And what God says is integrity will preserve you. It will keep you. See, integrity is one of those values that goes beyond time. And it goes beyond time by protecting you. It protects you from doing dumb. It protects you from doing foolish. It protects you from doing something you know you shouldn't do. It protects you. And God honors people who have the whole package, people who don't let the clock define their values, but they maintain it. So integrity is the ability when the clock just gets really, really slow and you think I can speed up the clock by doing this, you don't do that. You wait on God and maintain your integrity. We all know in the Old Testament that one of the examples of a leader gone bad is King Saul. And the prophet of God had told King Saul that he was going to meet him at a certain place. But the prophet was late getting there. And so what did King Saul do? He took things into his own hands. He performed the ministry of the priest even though he was the king. And the king doesn't do priestly ministry, and the priest doesn't do kingly ministry in the Old Testament. But he cut a corner. Why? Because he felt like it was going to save time. But if the only way you can save time is to lose your integrity, it's not worth what you're about to save. So the I stands for integrity. The M stands for magnify. David put it this way. Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Just magnify God. See, when time is slow, we're either magnifying God or we're magnifying the clock. We're either looking at his face or we're looking at the clock. And what David prioritized was that when things were the slowest, that was when you needed to be the most devoted. You needed to make sure that your devotion was at the forefront, that you were acknowledging God, you were magnifying God, you were exalting God, you were extolling God, you were giving God his due. And so the M stands for magnify him. 
because you're either going to look to him or you're going to look to the clock. The more you look to him, the less you're bothered by the clock. The more you look at the clock, the less you look at him and the more the clock gets to you. So the M stands for magnify. Let's magnify the Lord together. Let's exalt the Lord together. Let's make God bigger in the moment versus smaller in the journey. So don't let the clock become bigger than God. Magnify God. The I stands for investment. Investment is just this. Slow times should always be growth times. Slow times should always be growth times. When things are slow, it's the perfect time to grow. Years ago, I moved into the house that I live in right now. When Jenny and I moved in, we had spent every dime that we had. We didn't have a whole lot of money left over. But in the community that I live in, trees aren't abundant. If you have a tree in your front yard, it's because you planted it. Well, honestly, I didn't realize that at the time you buy trees by the inches in diameter. And back then it was a certain number of dollars per inch in diameter. I could only afford a few dollars worth of tree in diameter, if I can put it that way. And so what began to happen was this. I looked and I said, well, this is the kind of tree I want, but this is the kind of tree I can afford. When I was looking at the individual who was purchasing the tree, he just looked at me and he said, this is what money will buy. I said, but I want a big tree. And he says, well, I can do that for you. He says, we can over fertilize this tree. We can put it on a high rate of fertilizer. And this tree is going to grow big and it's going to grow fast. But then he looked at me. He said, it'll grow big, but it won't, won't grow strong. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, on the outside, it's going to look great. But on the inside, it's not going to have the depth of wood that it should have. It's not going to be as hard on the inside as it needs to be. And so one day, if a major storm comes through, you're going to be the person who's going to have a, a split tree on your front yard. And you're going to look at it and say, but I spent this money and I fertilized it. Why isn't it stronger? And he made this statement. He says, I can grow it fast or I can grow it strong. Now, if you walk into my front yard now, it's literally been decades since I moved into that house. I have a big tree. The tree that I always wanted, I have it in my front yard. But do you know the reason it's a big tree and the reason it's a strong tree is because of time. And when times are slow, you invest. You just invest in growth and you just grow when it seems like growing doesn't matter and you begin to invest in growth. The end stands for noise. Whenever things are difficult and the clock's not going as fast as you want, if you're not careful, the noise will get to you. There's always people, hurry up. There's always the internal clock, well, you've got to do something. 
there's life around. Well, if you don't do something, life's going to pass you by. If you're going to handle timing as a leader, you're going to have to handle the noise. When you get on a plane today, you will literally watch as people will put on headsets, they'll put in ear pods, and they all have a noise-canceling feature. The noise-canceling feature means this, that all the conversations around you, they get pushed to the side. All of the exterior sound of the plane, you can't hear it. But here's the thing. When you lead, you have to have a noise-canceling feature. You've got to be willing to crowd out the noise. Because if you don't crowd out the noise, you're going to crowd out God's voice. In the Old Testament, the prophet of God was a little bit confused at one day. And God put him on the side of a mountain. And he heard the large wind. But God was not in the sound of the wind. He heard the large fire, but God was not in the large fire. But God was there with them the whole time. And it wasn't in all the noise around him, but the still, small voice. See, if you don't do something about the noise, you won't hear God when it's important. I tell people that if you're going to listen to God, you're going to have to learn three skills. No matter where you're at, there has to be a song to sing, just some worship song. I love you, Lord. Just a simple worship song. And you need to have that song as your background noise. You need to have a verse that you're thinking about. Because when you're worshiping, you're drawing near to God. When you have a verse, you're thinking about God. And then you need to have a prayer. When you're praying, you're talking to God. And when you're worshiping God and you're thinking about God and you're talking to God, you don't miss God. You may think that you've missed God, but you don't. God's big enough to keep you on track. And so you need the noise to be able to cancel it so that it doesn't get the best of you. The next is the word give. So timing, the G stands for giving. Find ways to help others. When my life seems to be put on hold, it is the best time for me to assist and help other people. Find ways to help others. I love the story. For some of you, you know the background. It's the Oxford group. It's the first group that had developed what we call 12-step programs. There was a man they called Mr. W. He was one of the founders of the Oxford group. He had founded it with these other men because he had a problem with alcohol. One day, he's on a business trip. And he's really, really tempted to give up his pledge not to drink. He's at the place that he's going to totally capitulate and give in to the drinking desire. So he goes down and he sits in the restaurant 
and he chooses a table where he can see into the bar. He watches a young man go sit at the bar, and he watches him as he begins to order. Mr. W. goes up to him and he says, you have a drinking problem, don't you? The young man says, yes. You've promised never to drink again. Is that true? Yes. But you're here in the bar and you're about to break your promise. Is that true? Yes. Mr. W. said, you come with me. I want to talk to you. And that evening, Mr. W. talked to this young man. And this young man kept his promise not to drink that night. Mr. W. didn't drink that night. When he went back to the Oxford group, he told the story. The men just sort of stared at him and said, wow, how did you think of this? And Mr. W. said this, you can't keep what you're not willing to give away. See, you can't keep sobriety unless you help someone else stay sober. You can't keep money unless you're willing to give money away. Whatever you give away is what you keep. That's why Jesus said, the person who scatters is the one who gathers, not the one who holds on to things. So as a leader, you're going to have to understand leadership time. The T stands for trust. The I stands for integrity. The M stands for magnify. The I stands for investment. The N stands for noise. And the G stands for give. I want to encourage you. If you're a leader, you've got to master the clock. Thank you for joining me today. I just want to take a minute and remind you that my new leadership curriculum is out. It's in Spanish and English. It's about 17 lessons. If you have a desire to raise up leaders, you have to teach leadership. But the way you're going to teach leadership is that you're going to have to have good leadership content. These are 17 lessons that deal with the various aspects of leadership. You can go to my webpage and you can order it there. I also want to remind you of the church development meeting that I'm going to be doing in New Bronzeville. You want to learn how to do church? Come there and join us on November 2nd. You can sign up on my webpage. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.